0: Good morning, church. I will be reading from Luke 16, verse 19 to 31. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died. Remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received the bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers— let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets, let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. This ends the reading of God's word with amen.
1: Of it, Two things we cannot avoid in this world, two things, taxes and death. It, the Bible says that it is appointed unto man to die, and after that, judgment. Everyone will die one day. That's what I mean by two things we cannot avoid. <clears throat> what happens to man? Man is born into this world, lives from the psalmist 70 to 80 years, and then return to his Savior. Man has two places to go, and that is what I'm going to, that is the title of, of my um, I wouldn't call it um, preaching but a teaching. If Actually I just want us to discuss uh, or teach into detail what happens to man after he leaves this world. A minute after you give up your last breath. I find it very relevant to talk about this because Of late, we have lost a few people from our church from all over the world. No family is spared. But I wonder how many of us know where we are going. Some of us, well, born-again believers may know that after death, the Lord Jesus is waiting for us. Some are not sure where they are going some are sure, and my duty today is to those who are sure to deepen your your um, your belief where you will be going, and to those who are not sure, there is opportunity. <clears throat> As um, Joel read um, from the passage it is um, a dialogue between Abraham and Lazarus it's not Lazarus the brother of Mary and Martha but Lazarus Lazarus because you have a lot of Lazarus in the Bible um, but This dialogue between Abraham and Lazarus is a pivotal teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ to show us that there is life after death. We were dealing with this in our home Bible study and as we were discussing, my daughter Rachel was Quiet and was writing something, and I was thinking that he was not attentive even um, listening. But uh, <clears throat> at the end of the discussion, he gave me what he has drawn. Um, could you put on the first slide, please? <clears throat> and this is what. Um, she put it in the picture form, the discussion which we made. Um, from Earth we, to either heaven or to lake of fire. And then there is this Hades, which, according to Lord Jesus, He said, "Before Christ rose again from the dead." There was the upper Hades and the lower Hades. All those who have found righteous, like Abraham, like the prophets, they couldn't go to heaven straight because the gate of heaven had not been opened. The Lord Jesus is the one who opened the lo- the gate of heaven, and therefore we have to. They had to wait somewhere, and that's what the Lord describe as Abraham's bosom or Abraham's um, side and in this I will call it the upper hades and in the upper hades there, there is comfort, there is everything. Then there is a gulf between the upper hades and the lower hades. Lower Hades is where people who do not know the Lord Jesus, who have not accepted the Lord Jesus, during the time before Jesus uh, was crucified, rose up and went to heaven, they were uh, stored in Lower Hades. Lower Hades is a a place of torment, but it's not as worse as hell or the, um, the lake of fire. So... Unbelievers who do not know Jesus. Who have not accepted the Lord Jesus as their personal savior. Those who have not been cleansed. Their sins are with them. Who who still have the Adamic sin nature in them. They are stored. The souls, the spirits are stored in the lower Hades. Now, when Jesus rose again from the dead. And went to heaven, opened the gate of heaven. If you are a believer and first out, the upper hades was closed. Because Jesus transferred all those who are in upper hades, they went to heaven. Those who are on earth and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ after the resurrection straight to heaven absent from the body is present with the Lord and this is found in um, 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 8 so this diagram actually simplifies where you are going to go are you ready to go to heaven straight through Jesus because the Bible says that He is the truth, the life, and the way. No one goes to heaven through him. Except through the Lord Jesus Christ. Except you are redeemed by the cross, by the blood of Jesus. Then the moment you close your eyes, you are in heaven. I hope many of you sitting here and hearing my voice. Have bought your ticket. And you're ready to go. Death is something which everybody will taste. But you see, God has made a way that some people will not taste death. I'll mention that um, later. I'll explain it later. But you see, here is the, a little bit of summary of what... The Lord was trying to let us understand by this story of Lazarus and the rich man. After this, I want to explain in short i won 't go into detail because it will take us uh, weeks to look because i entitled my 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 Teaching from e- timeline to eternity future. If you understand this, the timeline what happens to the believer from earth to eternity future. And eternity future is after death. You, if you a believer, you go to heaven. Jesus comes back during the rapture. Takes you, those in heaven, down to earth. You rule with Jesus for a thousand years. And after the thousand years, which is the kingdom of Christ on earth, you rule with him. Jesus will be in Jerusalem, the capital of the world. And then... Believers will rule with Jesus for a thousand years. And after the thousand years, is what we call the Great White Throne Judgment. And the judgment is for unbelievers who are in lower Hades. So they are going to be in lower Hades. They won't be redeemed. But you see, the upper Hades will be closed so that from now on, all those who die in Jesus go straight to heaven, but the lower Hades is still there, as I'm speaking. Those who have died since creation and have rejected God, their spirits or souls are in lower Hades, waiting for the great white throne judgment, and after the judgment, there is what we call the lake of fire, the final destination. Um, If I want to explain each and every one, we would... (laughs) stay here till evening so I will just in short um, explain what happens in each stage before we get on next slide please I found the same thing um, in um, YouTube Uh, this is the the, the diagram they have saved compartment of Hades that is the upper Hades The great event is after Jesus Christ died and rose again, all those who are dead in Christ are transported in heaven. But here, unfortunately, it didn't show uh, what happens to the believer after Christ. That's why my daughter's diagram was a little bit more of um, explanation. And then the unsaved compartment is there, and they are waiting for the great white throne judgment, which will end them in the lake of fire. Next slide, please. Um, this is what I call timeline to eternity. I drew it myself. Now, from the, in short, before I go into detail, um, we have the Lord Jesus Christ, death and resurrection. 40 days later, the church was born. That was the time of the Pentecost. Jesus was here on earth for 40 40 days. And after the resurrection, after Christ went up, the Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down and the church was born. And from this time period up to rapture, that will be the time, with the period we call the church age. The church age. And during this church age. It is yours for the asking. As many as received him. To them he gave power to become children of God. In John chapter um, 1 verse 12. So there. Because he was not accepted by his own people. Israel. He gave the right now. As many as received him. Just open your heart and receive the Lord Jesus. That is what you need to do. And you will be called a child of God. Your sins will be washed away. You would have the entrance to go to heaven. So this is the church age where we are. Let's say I think about here. The church age is about to close. We are just at the door. Before the rapture, what is the rapture? Some people are saying that the rapture is not in the Bible, but it is in the Bible in the, as, a, as a former Catholic. And I had the Catholic Bible. The Catholic Bible put, translated di- direct from the Latin, and they call it the, Septu- the Latin Vulgate. In the Latin Vulgate, there is the word rapture, which is to be caught up. And the English version of it is called rapture. So rapture, people are saying it's not in the Bible, but it is. But actually, it is written in the English version as catching up. The catching up. Okay, so there's going to come a time very near soon and that is where all those who are believers and are waiting for every Christian who is born again is waiting for this rapture but that is the only way out just look at the children of Israel when they left Israel Egypt and they went Moses was leading them they came to the Red Sea in front of them was the Red Sea. And behind them was the army of, this, of, of Pharaoh, want to kill all of them. On bo- both sides, left and right, were the mountainous areas. They couldn't escape anywhere. They had no other choice but to look up. And God provided a way out. He opened the Red Sea and they went through. This is the situation we find ourselves in. In this, situ- in this world as we are in, it's a very dark. And nothing is better ahead of us. For if we have heard about what is happening in Afghanistan, now these Muslims are going from house to house to fish out the Christians. The Christians... And especially all, every Muslim who has denounced his faith and has now become a Christian, you are a target to be killed. You, they, they take you and kill you straight. So, it is, we, we, we haven't seen much what is going on, but this is what the situation is happening now. Don't think it is happening in Afghanistan alone. It's spreading And the Western, Britain, and America are the next target. So be prepared for any eventuality. So, in this situation, we are in a very terrible situation. Now, governments, you cannot rely on anything. Media, you cannot. Everybody is telling lies. Now, what do you do? Look up. Jesus said, your salvation is drawing near. I I don't watch the TV anymore for news. Because everything coming out is lies. So this is the situation we have find ourselves in. So the rapture is very important. And the rapture is, there's going to come a time when Jesus... Will not come on earth, but he will hang in the sky. And those of us who have trusted in him, the very day you gave your life to the Lord Jesus, you have what they call the indwelling Holy Spirit in you. The Spirit, he puts the Spirit in you, which means you are sealed. And sealed means I can liken it to a magnet. You have been magnetized. Because you see, This is a means and ways by which God can... Jesus, of course, he knows who are those who are joking and those who are serious. But that is a means where they can separate, he can separate those who are sincerely looking for him and those who are following the crowd. Do you have the spirit in you? Are you born again? Have you asked Jesus to wash away your sins and be filled with the Holy Spirit? Because the magnet inside you is that one that is going to take you up. And during the rapture, what happens is that, you see, this very body is going to vanish. It's going to, on the way up there, How where the Lord is going to hang, nobody knows. But On the way up there, you are going to be changed and have a celestial body. A body which never dies. A body which there will be no pain, no suffering, nothing. This is what awaits those who trust the Lord. So the rapture is very important. This is the moment where we are going to be transformed. We are going to be given a new body. We are going to be given a new spirit. And you will be able now to see Jesus' face. Because you see the face, Jesus is in his glory now. I remember, if you have read the Bible, you know the, the transfiguration. Where Jesus was... With the disciples, three of them—Peter, James, and John—they were on a mountain, and he changed. He became, he became like a dazzling fire sun. The woman's eye cannot see it, and you'll be blind. But you see, when you are given a celestial eye, of call celestial eye, you can look at God's face. You can look at Jesus' face. We shall see his face one day. Praise the Lord. So, that is the rapture. We are here, just at the door. The door is about to close. If you are not serious with the Lord, please be serious. And the port writes, this is the time when... Believers ought to assemble themselves. And you know what the devil is doing? He's using this pandemic to separate you and I so that you those who who want to come to church say, Oh, yeah, I probably I must wear mask, or I must do this. How can you expect to get COVID in the church of in, in the house of God? I don't know. Because this is what sometimes Jesus would say. Oh, you of little faith. If you have trusted God. God himself. How can you believe that you are going to catch a COVID in his house? Well, maybe I can. it's very difficult for me to understand but uh, not all of us have the same level of faith I agree so my advice to all of us is that this is the time we need to assemble ourselves this is the time we need to run to the house of God and the Bible says iron sharpens iron And as we are singing and rejoicing and praising the Lord, you see some fire coming out of you. That problems at home is just too enough. Leave the house and come. Come to the house of the Lord. And you will receive salvation. Okay. Enough of the rapture. Well, I have assembled some some, um, what do you call it, verses or scripture verses about the rapture. Those of you who are not serious. Next slide, please. Ne- who, are, who are not um, sure, please write them down and go and research it. One, one of the verses I want to the um, first Thessalonians, this one is the first most important which talks about the rapture. V- v- uh, Revelation 3.10 I want to read it because you see some people are not sure that the Lord is going to save us from um, the trial to come. That um, the people who think or oh, school of thought they have a school of thought now that there will be no rapture at all. Something that is going to be what you call a pre-tribulation rapture. Some are saying it's going to be a mid-tribulation rapture. Whatever it is, but what I believe in is, and and I'm sure it is it because it is in the Bible. That there's going to be a rapture before the tribulation. God will not let his bride, the church, go through the tribulation, which is actually a time of, the Bible says, at the time of Jacob's trouble. To, for the Lord Jesus to assure us that it's, we are going to be taken before. The tribulation happens um, in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. He says, since you have kept my command and endure patiently, I will also keep you from, from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on earth. The Greek word for from is ek. And people are saying that no, uh, it's going to be, the Lord said it's going to keep us through. The word is ek. Ek means from. And not true. So you see. If you put true there. Which means that the Lord will save you. You go through the tribulation. At the end of the tribulation. Then he takes you up. Okay, There's a lot of things that are going to happen. When we are raptured. Which I I don't have the time to go through. But. Which means you. This is the end of the tribulation. You are taken up. And come down. Within. Um. I don't know. Time. So, but this promise, which the Lord Jesus Himself has given, said He is going to take us out from the hour which is going to come. So, if you can, just write down some of these. And this is what they call from Luke seventeen twenty six. Is what they call pre tribulation um, to prove the pre tribulation um, revelation. Revelation ten, Matthew twenty four thirty seven forty two. In First Thessalonians chapter four, uh, which I want to read it because it's very very important. because you see, one thing I want to say is this. I, I, I don't have to forget it. There will be, or there seem to be, no major prophecy happening before this tribulation, uh, before this uh, this uh, rapture. God has set a whole series of prophecy. Things that are hap- must happen during the last days, the Lord didn't give us the day or the hour when this snare is going to come in, but He gave us signs, and these signs have all been fulfilled except the 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 rapture, and the rapture is the next <clears throat> the next prophecy that is supposed to come to to um happen. In First Thessalonians chapter four. I'll read it um, so that we are aware and also you read it at home when you come, go to home in your quiet time. Read it because it gives it will give you the quietness and the peace which you need or I need at this time. Brethren, I do not want to, you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep. We are using the word fall asleep as um, those who are dead. A Christian doesn't die. A Christian, a born again believer, sleeps. You know why? There is a difference between sleeping and dying. When you sleep, you can be woken again by alarm. And, and so because believers are going to be working, because from this earth to the next, it is just a twinkle of an eye. Paul, um, Pete, um, David puts it in the shadow of death. You pass through the valley and then you open your eyes and you, you are in the other world. So, brethren, those who fall asleep don't be, want you to know what happens to them or so that you do not grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. Men who have no hope, but we have hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus Will, will bring with Jesus those who are falling asleep in him. So a believer sleeps in Jesus, yeah? According to the Lord's own words, the one thing about Paul is that when the words are direct from the Lord, he mentioned it. When he is giving his own opinion, he also mentioned it. But this one, he said, according to the words of the Lord. This is directly from Jesus. according to the Lord's own words, we, we tell you that we who are still alive and who are left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede, precede means go before, precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command. And with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds, in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with him forever and ever and ever so, comfort you, comfort yourself with all this. If it is not a joyous event, how can Paul say comfort yourself? Comfort yourself when you are going to die and go to hell? No. So this is it. <clears throat> the Lord is going to hang in the sky. Those of us who are alive will not go before those who are dead. Sister uh, Thomas just left, and he's going to be buried, or he's been buried. She will be six feet below, but her spirit is with the Lord Jesus. So what happens is that those who have already gone before us, who are believers, their spirit will come with Jesus when Jesus is coming down to the clouds. And their spirits are going to enter into their bodies, wherever the body is. And that's why some believers think that, well, I want to be buried. I don't want to be cremated. But that is a different thing altogether. Because you see, whether you are cremated and your ashes are anywhere, Jesus knows where your DNA is. And you will reconstitute it again. So don't worry about whether you are cremated, you will die in the sea or every death is death but the hope we have is that the Lord is going to take us and change this lonely body into a celestial body look at yourself you are dying day. look at, take a picture of you uh, when you were let's say about 40 and compare it with now and you see that you are deteriorating. You were born, crawl, walk, and it was going like that. And you reach a peak, now it is coming down. Everybody will die one day. But we have a hope. We have a hope in Jesus. Hope in no one else but in Jesus. He is the only way, the truth, and the life. And no man will come to the Father except through him. This is what the rapture is for. Next slide, please. <clears throat> I'm going to talk shortly about the millennial kingdom. The millennial kingdom, you see, all these things, the teaching, really, um, uh, a whole week teaching. Why every day? Because you, there are so many involved which we need to know. Um, before I come here, so um, if you see the first timeline from the rapture, seven years in between, So there's going to be seven years between... Can I have the first slide first? Before this. Yeah. The rapture takes place seven years in between. That is a tribulation period. It's a period of unprecedented hardship. And during this time... That alone, this needs a week's teaching. What will happen there? The book of Revelation makes it clear what will happen from chapter 5, chapter 6 to verse 9, chapter 19. It talks about the cataclysmic events that will happen there. But actually, the seven-year tribulation um, is, is a time which God owes to Israel. If you look at the prophecy of Daniel, 70, 70 weeks have been determined upon your people. And 69 of those weeks has been fulfilled. From the time of Cyrus to the time Jesus entered into Jerusalem on a horse, not on a horseback, but on a donkey. The last seven years is what is left. The Israelites rejected the Lord Jesus. King of kings, Lord of lords, son of God himself. And so, instead of the 70th week coming to join it, to make it 70, there is a gap. Now, the Lord turned to you and me because the Jews didn't accept him. So, he turned to the Gentiles. And that is exactly when the Gentiles... To the Lord, and what do you call the church age. And the church age is going to end, and the seven years, or seven, the last of the week, which is seven days, and one day is a thousand years in the Lord's hands. So, is that seven, a day is equivalent to one year, sorry. And so, the seven days is equivalent to seven years, which is left, which is actually meant to. To Israel. It is meant to let Israel recognize their come back to their senses and recognize Jesus as their Messiah. Again, from the from the rapture, Jesus comes down. This one, his leg is going to step on the Mount of Olives as the book of Zechariah said. And then what will happen is a whole lot of things. Then he is going to rule for a thousand years. This is what we call the millennial kingdom of Christ. This millennial kingdom of Christ is going to last for a thousand years. And a thousand years and there are certain things that are going to happen in the millennial period. So um, I wouldn't go into detail. But I just want us to see life in the millennial kingdom. What would happen when the millennial kingdom comes. But Jesus is going to actually come seven years after the tribulation. Then Jesus comes down from heaven. Together with the saints. This time you and I have been in heaven for seven years. We had a changed body. You have the body of an angel. You cannot die. You cannot do no death, no weeping, nothing. The joy of the Lord, I cannot describe it. Read the book of Revelation. And then... You come with Christ, you and I, sitting on white horses, according to the um, book of Revelation, in our linen garments, perhaps coming direct from the wedding feast. Jesus will be ahead; his robe will be red, or as explained in the Bible, red. Soaked with the blood of the enemies. And he is the one going to do the fighting. You don't have to fight. You only have to cheer him on. Fight on Lord. We have victory in you. And then of course Jesus rules the world. And if you have remembered the parable of the mina. Jesus said uh, a a man of noble birth went away. And when he was going away, he gave um, mina, money, money to people to trade with. And then when he came back, people were hard to give the account of what he gave them. And some multiplied the Some had profits. And the other guy said, the last one said, he hid the the, um, uh, mina which was given to him. Those who had um, profit, he said, and I'll give you ten cities to rule. Where does the city come from? This is exactly what happens because, you see, the Lord is going to reward those of us during the millennial kingdom those who are wealthy, those who are um, faithful. And they did well with their talents which was given them. They are going to be given cities to take care of. He will be in Jerusalem. Of course, he is omniscient. He knows everything. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere. But you and I will be given Responsibilities, cities to take care of, and this is exactly why Paul, in his writing, um, he rebuked the Corinthians for not able to settle matters among themselves. And in <clears throat> where did um, I put it? Yeah, in. Corinthians chapter uh, chapter 2 uh, second Corinthians chapter 6 I think so he said don't you know that you are going to rule judge well, judge the world one day don't you know that you are going to judge angels one day one day believers are going to judge angels angels who did not stay at the place where God take responsibility of what God gave them in the time of Noah. Believers are going to judge the world. If the believers are going to judge the world, can't you judge yourself? Can't you settle matters between yourself? And this is what Paul is um, telling us. Anyway, so we see we come down with the Lord Jesus and The Lord is going to give us responsibilities as he sits in Jerusalem and oversees the whole thing. And during this thousand year period, let's see what are some of the life we will see in the kingdom Um, as we wait. Next slide, please. And Yeah. Life in the millennial kingdom, in short, I shortened it. Jesus will rule from Jerusalem for thousand years. Praise the Lord that Jesus will be ruling. It's not human beings. So that you know, they will, you know what is happening in this world. Selfish people who have money want to kill you and me. I don't want to go into detail. You understand. But you see, we have Jesus to rule. Jesus is impartial. Jesus is king of kings, lord of Lords. He made this world. So he knows what is good for this world. So you see, when the Lord has given mankind the opportunity to rule this world. And look at what, getting to the end of the tribulation The world is almost... Jesus said, if he doesn't shorten the time... Not even a single person will will live. But for the elect's sake. He will shorten the time. Yes, he's going to shorten the time for you and me. And then... And then, of course, he takes the reins of the world and restore it. Somebody calls it paradise restored. Remember the paradise we had? Adam and Eve, he put in. He will... God will come in the cool of the day And talk with Adam and Eve Jesus wants Fellowship Love He wants people to be by his side And this is exactly What is going to happen Paradise restored Judgment of tribulation survivors In Matthew 25 you read there When Jesus comes now From heaven after he quells down what is going on around him in the battle of Armageddon, then he is going to separate the sheep from the goat. I don't want to go into detail, but there, are, there will be sheep and goat people. And he will, he will say to the sheep, come and enjoy the millennial kingdom. But to the goat, he will kick them off. Anyway, read it, chapter 25, 31 to 41. Believers will rule and reign with him. I don't need to say it again. A time of peace and joy in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. Read there. There is going to be a time of peace and joy which you have never seen before. It, for us, is going to be like a dream come true. A time when animals will be tamed. Read there and say, um, the animal, um, lion will eat straw. Uh, lion will eat leaves like goat. Lions will not eat flesh. A child will put his hand into the hole of another as it won't bite him. Because there's going to be such a, because the king of kings himself is ruling, yeah? Time of longevity, Isaiah talks about if a person dies at the age of 100, then he is just considered like a five-year-old child who just died. Because you see, during the pre-Adamic time, even when man had Sin, man was living longer and longer. We have Abraham living 900 and something years. Methuselah, the, the oldest man in earth, lived 955 years. This is going to be restored. A time where a time of worshiping Jesus, our Lord in Jerusalem. You are not going to worship Jesus in heaven. Jesus will be in Jerusalem. So it will be a time of worship, a time of peace which I cannot even describe. The time is gone, so I think um, we better... Next slide, please. Before we come to this great white throne judgment which we mentioned before it said that after the thousand years during that time Satan will be bound Satan is going to be be in prison God is going to put him in an abysmal pit abyss and seal it and you would have no chance to deceive mankind anymore so you see during the time satan won't be won't be there to deceive you to to make you sin of course there will be people born after this but you see satan will be in abyss for This thousand years. But at the end of the thousand years, Satan is going to be set free again. And some people will ask, why? We like him to be in the abyss there. We don't want him to um, come up. But you see, the point is that God is fair. God, those of us who have lived under Satan's rule, And this is what we're seeing. So we, God has to let those who were born during the millennial period, who were born without Satan's influence, to have also, to prove that they love him. By having Satan there and he there make a choice. So it's a a choice which you or those who were born during the millennial period and they never had Satan's um, temptation to have Satan's also there and be able to still love Jesus. If you still love Jesus despite all the tests and the trials of Satan, then that is a genuine love. And that is um, the main purpose of God, out of His wisdom. For me, I I think (laughs) you shouldn't let Him wear. But now, God, out of His wisdom, would would let Satan free again. And the Bible says that Satan will go from the four corners of the earth. That doesn't mean that the world is is a square. But Satan will go to the four corners of the earth, north, south, east, and west, and gather deceived people, and gather them to attack Jesus and the saints who are ruling the world about that time. And this is what we call Gog Magog number two. We have Gog Magog one, which is in Ezekiel chapter 38, if you read there, you see what will happen. Ezekiel chapter 38, Gog, Magog will attack Israel. And Jesus will save Israel from um, their hands. But Satan is not happy. He's not satisfied. And so he will attack again. Gog, Magog, number two, um, at the end of the tribulation period. And this is what is going to um, fire from the the mouth of the Lord, is going to destroy all of them, and then their souls are going to be guarded for what they call the great white throne judgment. So the great white throne judgment, it will be for unbelievers only. Believers have already been judged, and receive into the kingdom, and they are ruling with Christ Jesus. So you are judged every day. That's what Paul says, that judge yourself every day. The Holy Spirit in you makes you, um, convict you of sin. If you do something which is not right, you, the Holy Spirit let you know that it's not right. And there you say, Lord, forgive me. And that is the judging. Judging yourself every day. And therefore you will not be judged anymore. So Christians, believers have already been judged. But the great white throne judgment is meant only for unbelievers. Remember those in the lower hades. That is their time They are going to be judged it's a, And during that time I don't want to go into the, But during the judgment seat Jesus will sit As a judge Believers will sit Around him And souls will pass Through Pass before And Jesus will judge them Yeah, it's like you come, stand there, you, I know you, your name is not in the book of life. And then, already you are in the Hades, so to the lake of fire. Another person comes, because you see, they are all unbelievers. So what happens is that, it is, I can imagine the sort of, like a courtroom, where, there will be a prosecutor, but no defense. There will be no one to defend you. No defense, because everybody is in the fire. Who is going to defend you? So there will be a prosecutor, but no defense. There will be a judge. God is sitting in his judgment seat. No jury. There are no lawyers who form a jury at all. Let's... Wear his case. There will be sentencing without an appeal. No appeal. Go into the lake of fire for everlasting. And it is everlasting. Yeah? So there will be punishment without parole. Where we have a lot of parole, people who are on parole and they come out and they cause the same um, uh, crime again. There will be. Punishment without peril. Next slide, please. The new heaven and the new earth, the Bible talks about it. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. This earth which we are sitting on has enough of its troubles. The whole nature itself is groaning because of the sin of man. Our sins are making us grown. We are suffering all these sufferings and nature itself. And therefore, therefore, we see uh, people in the last days worshiping nature. I ahead I of America, ahead of a church in America where they, they even pray to the trees. They they hug the trees and pray to them. Environmentalists. And so on. This nature is crying for relief. So, God, in His wisdom, is going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And this new heaven, where God abodes, and a new earth, where The believers will be. Because about that time you can imagine. Only righteous people. No sin. No sin in that new heaven. And new earth. So there will be a time when God himself. Will let the heaven come down. To that new earth. So we have the new heaven and new earth. Joined together. And. The description of the joy. We are going to have the. It's, it's, I cannot say it because the English, were, the English is lack. Uh, what do you call it? The actual um, description, I would say. So you see, God, it's God's own doing. It is not a terrible event. It is going to be a wonderful thing. God is bringing about a new day. The old order of things have passed away, behold, in chapter 21, verse 5, I make all things new, says God. God is going to make all things new. Um, We have references to it Uh, in Isaiah chapter 65, Isaiah chapter 65, verse 17. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 10 to 13 all points to the fact that God opened the window this, to let Peter and Isaiah see the new heaven and the new earth. God is not going to make a makeover. It is not going to be a makeover that is taking the earth and then make it over and then present it. No. It's going to be a new, totally new earth and totally new heaven. The dwelling of God is with men, chapter 2 verse 3, chapter 21 verse 3, and he will live with his people. <clears throat> I think my time is gone, but... I would, in the view of what the Lord has prepared for us to be in future. It's like God has opened a little bit of the curtain for us to see what lies ahead. For the believer, God is, that is the only Bible, is the only book which talks about what is going to happen in the future. He has God in his love has just peeled the 30 and he said believer look what is there what awaits you and after John saw all that was awaiting him he couldn't help it but fall on his feet to worship the angel and and the angel corrected him and he said my friend don't worship me all worship and praise must be to God not to me don't worship me, unfortunately as a Catholic as I was, the Catholic Church allows the worship of human beings. I was a member of this, um, what you call Legion of Mary, and we had a whole lot of things to um, worship Mary for. Mary was supposed to be the queen of heaven, who crowned her the queen, yes, Mary was fortunately chosen by God to be the mother of the Messiah. It's just by God's grace. And he is not to be worshipped, but the Catholic Church allows that. The Catholic Church allows the worship of saints, allows the worship of images. Unfortunately, all these things are from the pit of hell. Of course, I know there are people who are sincere and they are staying in the church, but there are people, what the church is teaching is from the pit of hell. If you have heard it, the Pope just recently said the Bible is outdated. The Bible is too old, now he is going to write a new one. He is going to write a new Bible. And he's he's on it writing. Maybe for the Catholics, but not for. Anyway. But we have that we have, both that. we have a treasure. The Bible is the only authentic book in this world. Which is be printed and printed and printed. They have no change. God said in his... The book of Revelation. He who adds or subtracts from it is going to have his punishment. So, uh, from the what do you call the, from the time of me memorial, things have not changed. Well, let's say only certain words like rapture. Or somebody will say it is the catching away, that. But it's the same thing. It's the same meaning that is there. We thank our Lord so much for giving us the Bible. But I will say, think that I will make the, uh, um, be injustice. I will do injustice to myself and to all those who are listening to me. If I don't give anybody or those who are here the chance to be children of God. You need Jesus in your life. Without Him, life is nothing. And so, there's, I uh, give glory to these um, past, pastors and who are living the life, walking the walk and talking the talk. And one of them is called Pastor J.D. Farag of um, Hawaii. And he postulated this. ABC of salvation. So simple. ABC of salvation. A. Admit that you are a sinner. A projected on the wall. Admit that you are a sinner condemned to hell. And the references are. That all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In Romans three twenty-three, Romans three ten. There is none righteous, not even one. Um, Romans five twelve. By one man, Adam, sin entered into the world, and by one man, the second Adam, salvation. Entered into the world. Romans 6.23. The wages of sin is death. So we have been condemned to death. But believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you shall be saved. God commanded his love towards us. While we are yet sinners. And John 3.16. All of us know it. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. He loved the world you and me, no partiality that whosoever will believe in him will not perish by having everlasting life and see confess that Jesus Christ is Lord Romans ten nine. if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will not shall, you will be saved Romans 10, ten for with the heart man believe unto righteousness and with so on. Verse Romans ten eleven for scripture says Whosoever believe on him shall not be ashamed. And Romans ten thirteen, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will, will be saved will be saved so i'll bring my i would say teaching to an end and i would um want us to just be quiet and daniel is going to lead us
0: in numbers chapter 6 verse 22 the lord said to moses tell aaron and his sons this is how you are to bless the israelites let us have the ironic Blessing.
1: Shall we all stand? We're going to recite the Aaronic Blessing. Uh, look on the board and recite with us.
0: The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord Not make his face shine shalom. upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.
1: Shalom. Everybody say shalom. Shalom. The peace of God that passes all human understanding. Be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Shall we say amen? Amen. Amen. Praise
0: the Lord.